All right, here we go. Bottom of Kuf Yud Amud Beis. Uh, in order to learn Daf Kuf Yud Aleph, says the Gemara at the two dots as follows. We had said Mishmar that in the case scenario where there actually were Yorshim, but somebody uh, gave over the money to the Anshe Mishmar to the Kohanim of that particular Mishmar. So then the Mishnah had said yesterday that the family is not allowed to uh, to get that money out of the Kohanim. Why is that the case? Says the Gemara Omar Abayish We actually assume that when the money of the Gezel Hager ends up by the Kohanim, there's actually a shtikl kapara that takes place. And says the Gemara di ilo because had there not been kapara, then Ava Amina Mahadr Liorshan, then I would have thought that since it shouldn't have anyways gone to the Kohanim. The Aloha would have allowed for the return of the item back to the Yorshim of the money, but we don't say that. My time, because I died to the Yavle. It wasn't his intention to give it over to Anche Mishmar. He really should have given it to the Yorshim, but he didn't. So therefore, there must be some type of kapara that exists. And says the Gemara, Elame Ata, if that's true, then what about a khatas? Let's say that a person separates an animal to be brought as a khatas. And after the person separates the khatas, the person who purchased the khatas, who needs kapara, that person passes away. Now, we should have assumed that the item should have gone to Chulun because Da died to the Hachilo Afrisha. His intention wasn't to bring the korban after he died. Uh, that's Yomami says Mechaper, so he doesn't need the Korban Chatas anymore. Yet we still say that the animal, which was separated as a Chatas, it was already Hufrash, that it should still be brought as a Korban. Amri, that's different. You can't bring a Raya from there because Chatas Shemesu Be'aleha Ilchasag Mirila Delamisa Azla. That when we have a case scenario of a Chatas where its uh, owners uh, passed away, it's Halacha Gemirila, it's Halacha Lemosh Misinai, that the animal still needs to be brought. Um, and that is why the animal is brought, so no raya from there. Elameata, fine, you answered up for a chatas, but what about for an asham? What about an asham shemesu be'alav? That if a person is bringing an asham and that person dies while they were bringing the asham, lepuk and there too, we should have assumed that it would have gone to chul and died to dahachilo afrisha. person didn't intend on bringing the korban asham when he, when he was going to die. Again, Mises mechaper. There's no reason to assume that he should have brought the animal after he died, why bring the asham? So says the Gemara, interestingly, very interesting halacha, that when there's a, um, when there is a din, this is a halacha of Moshmi Sinai, that if we have a scenario where scenario X by a chatas would have been mesa, which is this case, like we just saw, where mesu be'aleha, then be'asham ro'et. Then by an asham, that same case scenario, the animal would be We would take that animal, wait until it uh, develops a moom, and then take the cash, and, uh, and then it gets put lenadava. El Meata says the Gemara, wait one second, jumping back into Yuvamos. Let's say that there's two brothers. One of them is tall, dark, and handsome, and the other is not. The other is a mukashchin. Guy's covered in boils from head to toe. Not the most attractive chassan in the world. Now she's married to tall, dark, and handsome, but he died and they didn't have children. So state in the Torah, she falls to Ibum to the Mukashchin. It says the Gemara, Tepuk below Chalitza. We should have assumed in such a case scenario that she doesn't marry the Mukashchin because 
there was never a chance she would have ever married the Mukashchin. She did not marry the first guy with the knowledge that she'd end up marrying the Mukashchin. Had she done that, she never would have married the first guy. Listen to this, is that the Havamin of the Gemara is, we won't pask in this way, but the Havamin of the Gemara is, is that had she thought about the fact that the brother is a Mukashchin, she married Tall, Dark, and Anta, but the brother is a Mukashchin. But now that she's in the scenario of Yibum, of having to marry the Mukashchin out Yibum, it's mafkia the Kedushin the Mafreya to tall, dark, and handsome. Because her intent was never to marry this guy, which means Be'etzem, her first marriage was a sham. That's the Havamina. But very powerful, very powerful Havamina. The Mafreya. Yeah. Havamina. But we're going to reject it. Correct, correct. Adaita Dahachi is a very powerful swara, but we're over three. We tried it by Asham and failed. We tried it by Khatas and failed. And we tried it by Yibum and failed. Why over here does it fail? Because Lamaisa, she needs Chalitza. Why does she need Chalitza with the Mukashchin? Hare, she would never marry the Mukashchin. What? No, it's a halachic assumption, uh, but not exeris akasub. Says the Gemara, last few words on kuf yudamid beis hasam in regards to the case of the woman marrying the mukashchin anan sade. We make a uh, an assertion on her behalf. It's as though we testify the meinach nichala She would marry an anybody, which is not the most flattering of circumstances for the guy. Why kiresh lakish? And we've seen this. In Yevamos and in Ksuvos and in Kedushin, says the Gemara, because she would much rather have two bodies than have only one body. She'd much rather be married to a someone than to be married to a no one. I have a feeling in today's culture that's not true. I have a feeling that Tavu Lameta of Tandu in 2024 would not pan out the same way. We've already been seeing in our culture, the average age of, not in our community as much, but in the secular culture, the average age of marriage is older and it's happening less frequently. People are living a different lifestyle altogether. Um, as a Moel, I have done numerous cases of mothers who've conceived through sperm banks and sperm donors, which present fascinating Shilas. But nevertheless, those people did not say, they could have married somebody. Somebody would have married them. But... They didn't. They, it wasn't Tavel made of Tandul with of Armu. So I, I'm curious. I'm just postulating on my own. Would we say this halachic principle in 2024 is still the psyche of the average woman? And I would imagine the answer is no. You agree, Dad? Agree. Yeah. I think the culture has shifted a lot, and I don't know when it shifted. Uh, but if you live in a, in the Shtut, like everyone's a from a Yid, and you're the only girl basically, not married in your neighborhood, then I could understand Tavulamet of Tandu, but not in our culture. I, I just... But that, back in the day. Pasha. Yeah. yeah. Mosque. Mosque. Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish. Here? It's, it's different still, but would we say Tavulamet I'm Again, please don't listen to me because I'm just postulating. I'm not saying anything halachic. I'm just curious. But the Gemara here, Lamaisa says that she has to be... She has to do yibum to yibum or chalitza to the mukashchin. We don't say that she's mafkia her kedushin lemafreya to guy number one because adaita dahachi she never would have married guy number one knowing that she would have ever ended up with the mukashchin. We don't say that, but it does uh, present an interesting question about the applicability of tavulameta. 
The Gemara on the top of Kuf Yud Aleph Amad Aleph continues in the Brisa. We had spoken about Nasan Esakasev Leyeho Yariv. We know that there were 24 Mishmaros. Each Mishmar served in the Beis HaMikdash for a week at a time. The first was Yeho Yariv, and the second was uh, Yedaya. So what we were talking about is if a person does Gazel Hager, they steal, and then they're Hoda. So then they're obligated to give Karen, Chomesh, and Ashab. That's the basic din. But what if I gave the Karen and Chomesh to Yeho Yariv, to the first Mishmar, and I gave the Asham to Yedaya, to the second of the Mishmar. So that was what we were talking about. Tanur Rabban on the Brisa, three lines down on Kufi Aleph says, Nasan Asham Yeho Yariv That's out of order. Remember, our Mishnah said that you have to give the money first and the korban after. And if you do it out of order, you have to redo the Asham. So our this our Bryce over here says says as follows: If you give the Asham to Yeho Yariv, which was Mishmar number one, and the Kesef to Yadaya, which is Mishmar number two, and it's backwards, Asham doesn't come first. Money comes first. Yachzir Kesef Eitzel Asham Yehuda. Then the money that uh, that uh, was given to Yedaya has to go back to number one so that everything can be done in proper sequence. That is Divir Yehuda. We're going to analyze this shita significantly before we get to the end of the page. And as you can see at the end of the page, always good to see bold words, meaning that we're finishing a parak. That's the Rebbe Yehuda. In five lines down, No, the Asham that you gave to Yehoyariv, to the current Mishmar, that gets switched over to Yedaya. We don't give the money to the Asham, we give the Asham to the money. Hey, what's the case? Says the Gemara, if you want to say that it's a, a very a very clean case, that um, you gave the Asham to Yeho Yariv in the week that it was their Mishmar. And you gave the money to them at the right time. That's, that's fine because you didn't break protocol. Right, you gave everyone what they were supposed to get at the right time. Ella, what must be the case? Omar Rava, Do you have Yes, you gave the money. Excuse me, you gave the Asham to Yehoyariv during that first uh, Mishmar, but the money was given over to Yadaya, but they gave it to the wrong group because it was still the Mishmar of Yehoyariv. Then Rabbi Huda Savar gave on the lav mishmeres to Yedayahi because when the money was given over to Yedaya, it was still week number one. It was still the mishmar of Yehoyariv. Therefore, Yedaya kansinan le. We slap Yedaya on the wrist that second mishmar, and they have to give it back. Hilkach yachzer kesefet zel ashab. The Rabbanon Savre, the rabbi who said the reverse, they said, Savre, the first group, why are you taking the Asham before you take the Kesef? State in the Gemara, you're not allowed to do that. That when there is Gazel Hager, Karen Vachomesh has to be paid first, and Asham has to be paid later. So you haven't done your halachic due diligence to make sure that people are getting the right things in the right order. And therefore, Hilkach Lididhu, it's Yehoyariv that's consinanle, that they lose out on the Asham. And therefore, V'yachser Atz Asham Eitzel Kesef Machlokes Reb Yehuda and the Rabbanon. And Tanya, the Gemara presents over here, we're going to see three different brisas, one after the other. 
Um, and that will bring us to the two dots at the second of the middle width lines. Says the Gemara about a third of the way down on Kuf Yud Aleph, Amad Aleph, Tanya. Amar Rebbe, Ledivre Rebbe Yehuda, according to Rebbe Yehuda that we saw at the top of the page, that in the case where the Asham was given to Yeho Yariv and the money was given to Yadaya, the money goes back to, y- to Yeho Yariv, says the Gemara, that according to that, in Kidmu B'nei Yeho Yariv, Asham, if the first Mishmar sacrificed the Asham, then Yachsur Yavi Asham Acher, then that was invalid. And you need to go get another animal, and the second group will have to bring another asham. Why is it that if Yehoyariv was makriv the asham, that it's puzzle? Because it was prior to the giving of the money. And when we have Gezel Hager, we have to make sure that Karen Vachomesh is first and the asham is second. But if you do the asham first, as was the case in this brisa, it's invalid and you have to bring another asham. And, and the that which Yediah sacrificed, uh, that, that which um, was sacrificed by Yehoyariv, they actually get to keep it. So it says the Gemara, Amre, Lemai Chazi. I don't understand. If you brought the asham before the money was brought, what do you mean that they get to keep it? It was an invalid korban. Says the Gemara, Asham Pasulhu. Amar Rava, don't worry. Oro, we're only talking about the hides of the animal, that you're right. It's inappropriate to consume the meat of this animal because the Asham was brought out of order, that by Gezel Hager, you first have to give the financial consequence. And only afterwards can you give the korban. And if you bring the korban early, halacha lemaisa, the asham doesn't count. But what can you keep? You can keep the or. That's brisa number one. And halfway down, about ten lines before the middle with lines, the Gemara brings brisa number two. Tanya, Amar Rebbe, Ladivi Rebbe Yehuda, Im Kayim Asham. If the asham is still alive, Yachzir Asham Eitzel Kesef. Then the money should be brought to the Kesef. This is what Rebbe says in the name of Rebbe Huda. But this poses a problem because in the Brisa that we started at the very top of this page at the three dots, there, This Brisa that we just saw here in the middle of the page says in the name of Rebbe Huda that the Asham goes to the money. But at the top of the page, Rebbe Huda said that the money goes to the Asham, the exact opposite. So how can we fix this seeming stira between the Brysa at the top of the page and the Brysa in the middle of the page? Yeah. We're talking about a case where, yes, the wrong thing was given to the wrong Mishmar, but the Mishmar of Yehoyariv ended and nobody said boo. Nobody recognized what happened. And says the Gemara, that there was considered to be just a mechila. And that mechila is considered to be a different case scenario. And that's why in the Bryce at the top of the page, Rabbi Huda was of the opinion that the money should go to the Asham. And over here, where the Mishmar of Yehoyariv ended, it's the reverse because there was a mechila of sorts by Yehoyariv's Mishmar having ended. And that brings us to the third brisa, two-thirds of the way down, five lines before the end of the narrowest lines. Amar Rebbe, uh, Rebbe, Rebbe says, mm-hmm. This sounds similar to the brisa that we saw at the top of the page, that if the if the asham is still around, then the money goes to the asham. So says the Gemara, Pshita, that's obvious. 
Hachi Isle. That's what we have too. Namely, the brysa that starts three lines from the top of the page and the brysa that's two lines before the wide lines say the same exact thing, which is that according to Rabbi Yehuda, the kesef goes to the asham and not the other way. So why do we have two brysas that say the same thing? With the last brysa, we asked, why do we have two brysas that say opposite things here? They seem to agree. To this, the Gemara responds, udahani. This Bryce over here, uh, we have a different case scenario where not only did the Mishmar of Yehoyariv end, but even the second Mishmar of Yedaya also ended. And now we're in week three of the Mishmar. And and in neither week did anybody say anything about the fact that money was given over in the order in which it was given over. Maybe we should assume that whatever Yehoyariv had, they held on to. Whatever Yedaya had, they held on to. Because nobody claimed it, we need to give it back to its original owners. What does that mean? It doesn't mean owners, actually. What it means is, like Rabbi Yehuda says, that the Kesef has to go to wherever the Asham was, even though we're no longer in the same Mishmar that we used to be. But we follow the same principles once we're out of both the first and second Mishmar. Again, very nuanced, very halachic, and we have to have a good tfisa, an understanding of what Gezel Hager is, and that there's a financial component, and that there's a Korban component, the Chule. And continuing in this idea, on the second of the middle with lines, the Gemara quotes from our Mishnah from yesterday and says, Because we had learned that if a person is that's good, money before korban is good, korban before money is no good. How do we know this to be true? So says the Gemara, we'll learn over the next five lines how this is true. And yesterday we learned, and rather uniquely, that the beginning of the Pasuk that says, we said that was talking about money and not an asham. I know that that doesn't sound normal. But how do we know that? Because the rest of the Pasuk says, except for the ram of Kapara. So therefore, Asham Amushav in the beginning must be talking about Karen Vachomesh. So therefore, what do we see? Michlal de Kesef Beresha. The, the Pasuk seems to say that the monetary component of Gezel Hager, of the Karen and the Chomesh, has to precede the Havas HaKorban. And Omar Ahume Rabban on the Rava, somebody said to Rava, Rava was the one who presented this answer, Elameata, if your diuk is that the end of the pasuk says milavad elakipurim, then a pasuk that we all know milavad olasa boker asher leolasa tamid. This was the pasuk that that the korban musaf that would have been brought. That milavad olasa boker, except for the tamid that's brought, we also bring another korban. So what does that imply? Hachanami michlal de musafin bereisha. That's impossible. We know that the korban musaf cannot be brought before the reisha. But if the diuk that you're making, Rava, over here, is we know money comes before a korban because of the word milvad, well, we have precedence in halacha where it's not that way because we know that Musaf can't come before chakras because Ve'atanya, eight, nine lines from the bottom, last of the middle with lines. Minayin shelo yehei davar kodem letamit shal shachar. How do we know that the korban Musaf could never precede the korban tamit shal shachar? Tamalomar ve'arachal le'aha'olah. 
What does this pasuk mean? That when it comes to the korban hatamid, nothing precedes the korban hatamid. And as well, quoted in Shulchan Aruch and in the postkim, one should be careful not to do their malacha before they daven. The korban hatamid, if tefillah is keneged korbanos tiknum, so then shachris is keneged the tamid, nothing comes before that. You're not supposed to do your malacha before that. I actually did a bris once and I... I messed up my timing and I showed up at Shachris when the bris was supposed to start. It's not the first time I've done that and it's not the last time I've done that. I've done it twice. And I showed up. I mamish didn't have time to even be to be many tefillin. I did the bris. Hashit forgot that I didn't daven and ate a whole misuda, I'm like yes. smoozing, having a good time, mazel tov, checking on the baby. And then like a ton of bricks, I realized I didn't say Shema. Mm -hmm. I realized I didn't daven. Shea gets the mo'al who skipped Shachris. It's not even from anymore. I worked in Eish Torah for one year. When I was there, there was a guy in Eish who said to me that when you're doing um, Kiruv, when you're working for Eish, you don't have to daven Mincha. I'm like, Ever? <laughs> like, what does that mean? He said, you're So at the time I was uh, just out of smicha and I called my Rebbe, Reb David Miller. I said, Rebbe, I'm no poseg. This doesn't sound right. If somebody told me that you're, you don't have to dive in mincha, if you're, he's like, that is completely and utterly ridiculous. That is not what it means. That's not oseg b'mitzvah. Yes, you're being oseg b'mitzvah, but understood that you're going to take a break to dive in. What does that mean? What if I'm always being doing kiruv from the moment I wake up until the moment I sleep? I'm putter from tefillin and I, everything. He's like, that's completely not right. What's that? But when you stop to put on tefillin, you're being with vatel, the other mitzvah. So if we would have taka said, if it's true that we would have said, osik the mitzvah, putter, mina mitzvah, you're mamish putter. You are putter. But that's not the din. That's not what it means here. But when the person said it to me, I'm like, this doesn't sound right. I don't know. It didn't, didn't feel right. And my Rebbe was, I remember he was very sharp about it. He's like, that is completely incorrect. I remember where I was standing at a bus stop. I know where I was. One of those moments where you got like half yelled at by your Rebbe, even though it wasn't at you, but it was at the question that you shouldn't have even bothered asking because it was ridiculous. So the Gemara says that we see over here that one should not do Anything before the toad, before the uh, korban hatamid, especially especially the musaf. But even you can't get a haircut, ledugma. You can't work in the garden. Uh, you should daven shachris first thing in the morning. And the Gemara quotes a pasuk of lo sochlu al adam that you shouldn't eat before your blood. Now, what does that mean? So there's five different sheets of what this means. One of them is you cannot eat before you daven for your blood. It's a Gemara. The Gemara says yeah, that. Oh, I don't even remember where that was. That in brachos? I didn't know. So the post came here of a big discussion about eating before daven. The Hasidim are mekel. A lot of the litvaks are very machmir. Coffee, coffee with sugar, coffee without sugar. Uh, these are all discussions. These are all discussions. I went through a phase where on Shabbos mornings I would eat breakfast because for me, I, not having calories is bad for migraines. So I learned a new din. Rabbi Friedman told me, he's like, but you made kiddush, right? And I pushed it. This was probably five, six, seven years ago. And I didn't realize that. If you're eating before davening on Shabbos, you have to make kiddush, like with wine or grape juice, regular kiddush. And you need to then eat a kezayis, because ain't kiddush, elabamakam suda. I'm totally flabbergasted, like just flew right over my head. I didn't even think about it. But when one does have a heter to eat before davening, I'm not talking about coffee, 
But to eat food, you can't just eat stam. You have to eat a kezayis b'chdeachilas with kiddush preceding. But malacha can never be done before. These are some of the mar makomos for not. Anyways, my point over here is that if milvad means what you think it means, then we have a problem because then it would have implied that musaf is before the tamid, which is definitely not true. Amar you're right. I have a better mar makom to teach me this idea that the asham has to come before the financial components, that the, excuse me, the exact opposite, that the financial components have to come before the asham. Ana says the Gemara me'asher yechaper bo nafkalei ve'adayin lo kiper. The kapara is by korban. The zrika sadam is the kapara. That's when it happens. Money first, kapara, kapara later. Excuse me. At the two dots, six lines before the end of the page, nasan lo esakaren, we had said that if one gave the karen and they didn't give the chomesh, if I gave the principal cost, but I didn't give the slap on the wrist cost, the din is that it's not me'akid. Says the Gemara Tanu Rabbonon, that if a person did me'ila and they had to bad uh, to pay that back, that when a person is repaying their me'ila, which is a misappropriation and a misuse of hakdish, the lo hevi yashamo, or ashamo velo hevi me'ila, so you're missing one of the two. Minayin, how do we know shelo yatsa, tamud lomar, be'el asham nislach lo, because of that pasuk, you need to do two things, you need to repay what you took b'me'ila, and you need a korban. Uminayin sheim hevi ashamo at shelo hevi me'ila, so shelo yatsa. How do we know as well, that not only if you don't do both, aren't you yotze, but that if you bring the asham before you repay the me'ila, you're also not Yotze, Talmud Lomar Be'el Ha'asham Ha'asham Bikfar, that we know that the money has to uh, come first. Now, Yochal Kishem She'ayel Ve'asham Me'akven Ka'chomesh Me'akeh. You might have thought that the Chomesh was Me'akeh, that if I only pay the Karen, but not the Chomesh, it's Le'ikuva. Talmud Lomar Be'el Ha'asham V'nislach Lo, that's how we know that the Chomesh is not Me'akeh. Ayel Ve'asham Me'akven Be'hektish, when it comes to the world of hektish, yes, the principle of what you did me'ilan is me'akev, but ve'en chomesh me'akev, the chomesh is not going to be le'ikuva. And still, that's only about me'ila. How do we know about our case, about gezel, hager, that if I pay the karen and not the chomesh, I'm still doing okay, that it wasn't le'ikuva, and I still get the mitzvah of the heshives hagzela, says the Gemara, a shtikel chiddish. The yilmad hektish mehedyot, the hedyot mehektish. Uniquely, we have a bridge where we can learn hektish from the world of hedyot, which is rarely done, and as well the reverse where we learn hedyot from hektish. Let's look at both. Hektish me hedyot, where do we learn from me'ila to the world of hedyot? Ma'asham dehasam keren, that when we have the world of gezel hager there, asham is talking about keren, af asham dehacha, in this case by me'ila, it's also talking about Karen. And the Hedyot Mehektish, what do we learn about Hektish? Mahektish by Me'ila ain Chomesh Me'akev. So to have Hedyot Nami ain Chomesh Me'akev. We therefore see that based on a Limud of a Pasuk, coupled with a Limud from Hektish to, uh, from Hektish to Hedyot and Hedyot to Hektish, we therefore see that Chomesh is not me'akev in the repayment of Gezel Hager. Hadran alacha godzel eitzim bar Hashem. We finished the ninth perek of Maseches Babakama. We'll now start the tenth and final perek of Maseches Babakama as we turn to the top of Kufiyat Aleph Amid Beis. Let us continue.
We're going to be stopping at the top of Kuf Yud Beis and Aleph, and then tomorrow night we have apparently a lot of work to do, okay? <laughs> and Shabbos as well. Oi, looking forward to Baba Basra though. No, I know, I know. I know. Don't you shouldn't have done that. I was enjoying reveling in the 175 blot above a comma for just a moment above a Basra. Okay, new parak. Hagozel, a person steals. Umachil is uh, I I only steal what I cannot afford. It's a famed line from an old movie. So uh, this, what? What I cannot afford. Gemara Makomos later. Let's go. The Gemara says, Hagozel Machil is If a person steals and feeds their children, so I go to the store, I go to Jewel, I shoplift and I feed my children. Or one leaves it for their children, namely they left it Biarusha. This is a little bit of a, of a homiletic kind of language. Patur Milashalim. They're Patur from paying. We'll discuss. If you stole something that has Achrais, which typically is understood as stealing Karka or something that's connected to Karka because of a lien, then Pashat, you're obligated to pay because the Karka was, was the lien for that item. The Gemara opens on the top of Kufyud Aleph Amud Base three lines down. Amr of Chizda. Gazal, let's say there was theft, and I fed it to my boys. The Lonisyashu Habailim. But the person who I stole from was never Misyaish. He still held on the, onto the hope that he would get his item back. Uva Acher Achlo, someone else took it from me and ate it. So I'm Ruvain the thief. And Shimon, the thief of the thief, stole from me, and I stole from you. So what's the din? Rav Chizda says, gove, the, the, You can come over either to me or Ruvain or to Shimon and say, I don't care who pays me back. One of you stole my stuff or both of you stole my stuff. Not my problem. You guys figure it out. Somebody owes me a loaf of bread. My timer. What is the reason why this is true? Because says the Gemara called Kama Delonisiashua Bailim, for as long as the owners did not relinquish their hope and desire to get back what was stolen, Birshuse de Marikai, that which Ruvain took, and therefore that which Shimon took from Ruvain and ate, is still Birshus Bailim. And it is difficult to determine who the thief is. It's going to be Naganav a little bit. It is. The Gemara doesn't paskin here. Who should do the paying? And and the, you, the Nigzal, can collect either from me, Ruvain, or from Shimon, who actually ate the food. Asks the Gemara, wait. Is it clear that the second guy knew this was the sale? No, he didn't. Um, Ruvain stole the loaf of bread. Shimon then, I, I don't know, is he stealing it from Ruvain? Is Ruvain giving it to him as a gift? Is There's a Rashi on the fourth line. Rashi says, Bezesha Achlo, Shimon, in my example, Nasek it goes let me buy them. Nasek goes because he ended up eating it. But how did he get? Let's talk it out. If he stole it innocently, right? If he didn't I'm sorry. If if he received it, no. But the case was not that way. I assume. I didn't think about your question. I assumed that he took it. Why would you say that? I'm not sure. Because it doesn't say that he was godless. Oh, I would have argued that if Shimon took from Ruvain and Shimon bought it from Ruvain, I would have argued that the person on the hook is Ruvain, not Shimon. I would have distinguished. Not like that. I would have distinguished. I didn't look into it. I, I don't know. 
הגוזל ומאכל. You could, you could. Yeah. I don't know. Uva Acher. I think the second Tosfos touches on this, but I don't. Yeah. And it also weaves in other parts of the Gemara. Maybe it'll be helpful. Nope. Okay, good question. So says the Gemara, my time, why is this true? Because it's still Bershusei the Bailakaimi, the Marikaimi. So says the Gemara, we have a problem with this. Over here, in this case of Rav Chizda, what did we say? We said that they're not Pater. So someone stole, and Ruvain gave it to, gave it to Shimon, however Shimon got it. What did we say? Rav Chizda says, Govamizeh, Govamizeh. What did our Mishnah say? Pturin. To a, to a very similar case. So it's not our mission asks. Rav Chizda, what about our Gemara? So in our Mishnah, in a similar case where a father gave to his kids, so there our Mishnah says, but in this case with Rav Chizda, the Nigzal can come and claim either from Ruvain or from Shimon. That's a... Kids can steal from the father, right? Yeah, but they might, but they, but they might have known about it. Rashi has a little bit of a remez on the top line. Oh, and the Xelas Kayemes. I don't know if that's a Ryan, but what? Uh, huh? No. Either way, the Gemara presents a stira. For tonight, I was at the NCSY dinner, and I was talking to someone about Dafyomir Merisim Chostroma. Very easy gishmak. And he and I agreed that with Bava Kama, when you're done with every daf, you're left with more questions than you started. In this Masechta, more than, but more than other Masechtas, because it, it's so meaty, and it's like so, every line requires perush. But it's true. Anyways, how do we solve this tira? Our Mishnah says, Pater, Rav Chizda says that the Nigzal can collect from either Ruven or Shimon. Amar Lach Rav Chizda, 10 lines down. Kitan Yahahi Le'achar Yehush. When did our Mishnah say, Turin Mi Le'shalem? That's only Le'achar Yehush. But the case of Rav Chizda, clearly stipulated, was a case of Lifne Yehush, because it says, Gazal Balonis Yahshua Bailem. Now, we should have been able to guess this answer because our Mishnah didn't speak about Yehush, and Rav Chizda articulated that it was a case of Yehush. At the two dots, one quarter of the way down. We said in our Mishnah that if it was placed before them, this language is actually slightly different than our Mishnah, the Im Hiniach, and not Vihiniach. The Im Hiniach is a little different, but not much in the actual explanation. Either way, they're Pater. Amarami Barcham Azosameris, that the child now owns this, meaning the transition from the father to the child means that the child now owns this, meaning that a real Kenyan happened when the father left over the Yerusha. How do we know? Because he's Pater. If it still belonged to the father, even though the father is dead, but you'd have to give it back to the Nigzal. But over here, what does our Mishnah say? That he That teaches us that the Rishus Yoresh is similar to an actual Kenyan of a Lokeach. I bought it, it's mine. Namely, there was a Kenyan. What was the Kenyan? Shinui Rishus. The father, the father passed away, and Biarusha, it was Shinui Rishus to the child. 
that mamish has the status of a lakicha, of a purchase. It's ke'ilu, I laid out money on the table, you gave me the item in return, shalom Israel, I own it now. However, Rava Amar, third of the way down, Rishus Yoresh Lav Kirshus Lokech Tami Askinan Kisha Achlum. The cases are, are not level cases. Rava says you cannot learn from this Mishnah that Rishus Yoresh is Kirshus Lokech because in this case the children consumed the food. I don't understand why this is a good argument. If the children consumed Gzela, they should pay back the cost of the food. So why is Rava the ones stealing? They're the ones who ate it. But either way, even if that's true, we should still have said that it's Rishus, that, uh, what was the language? That Rishus Yorish is Kirishus Lokech. That's not what the Gemara argues. I'm just asking a side question. Anyways, the Gemara says that this is a problem. You can't say, Rava, that the Ukimta of the case of Rav Chizda is a case of Kisha Achlum. Why? Because Amid the Katani Seifa, later we have the following. That's the end of our Mishnah. Uh, sorry, excuse me, that uh, Kishachlum is talking not about Ruchiza, but about our Mishnah, that when it says, that's because they ate the food. Says the Gemara, you cannot establish our Mishnah as having been Kishachlum. Why not? Because the Seifa, which is talking about something which is Yeshbo Achrayis, if you wanted to create a contrast between the Rasha and Seifa, don't go so strong as to say that it's something that you stole that as a Christ. Just say it's something that exists because the Rasha was Kishachlum. Elamai, it must be Mechlau the Rasha, Begzela Kayemes Askina, not talking about Bishachlum. So, Rava, your answer doesn't work. Really, you misunderstood our Mishnah. What the Seifa means is that it's a little bit different than our language. Our language in our Mishnah on the second line was, That's not correct. Really, the right way to read our Mishnah, halfway down, is, which is actually karka, then chayyavin l'shalim. That's different than our understanding of our Mishnah. Uh, you can't say that our mission is talking about actual property. Maybe it's only talking about a cow that you plow with, or or it's a donkey, and you do things like you would do with a donkey that they would carry packages. Then that's different. Over there, we would say those are obligated to be brought back, even though it's not karka. So now you can't even say, Rava, that the safe of our mission is talking about actual karka. He Shrivna uh, Rava says about himself that when he dies, Ravoshaya Nafik Levasi. This is already like heebie-jeebies. Rava says that when he dies, the Ravoshaya is going to greet him at the white pearly gates. Why? Because I explained the Mishnah that it was talking about Karka, just like Ravoshaya did. Wow. Detani Ravoshaya, Hagozilumachil is bon of Termilashalim, a quote from our Mishnah. And then what's the Seifa according to Ravoshaya, the Seifa of our Mishnah? Says the Gemara eight lines from the bottom, that if the father left it as a Yerusha, if the Gzela's Kayemes, Chayovin, Eng Gzela Kayemes, Pturin. If the food exists, if the item exists, then no problem. You're obligated to pay it back. The children have to pay it back. If the kids ate all the food, then they don't have to pay it back. Same exact Lashon that Rava said 
End of Brisa. So what do we see from over here? That Rava has a gorgeous Marimakum and Rav Oshaya to reinterpret our Mishnah. And the therefore is that we cannot say definitively that Rishus Yorish is Kirishus Lokeach because our Mishnah was talking about Karka. So it wasn't a, a regular case to learn from. And perhaps what the Gemara was recommending in the name of Rami Barchama, that Rishus Yorish is Kirishus Lokeach, is actually not true. Let's just analyze two parts of the Mishnah and then we'll stop at the top line of Kufiud Bezam and Aleph, says the Gemara Omar Mar. We had said in our Mishnah, that in the Ravoshaya version of the Brisa, that if the Gzela was no longer in existence, your putter. So name atabit yufta der Chizda. That should be an argument against Rav Chizda because Rav Chizda at the open of our Gemara on the third and fourth lines of this page, he had said that why wouldn't you be putter? That case was talking about Achar Yeyush. That's why you're putter. But in Rav Chizda's case, it was Lifnei Yeyush. And one more analysis, Omar Mar. We had also said in this Brisa that we just saw that Gzela Kayemes Chayavon L'Shalim, also Rav Oshaya's Brisa that Rav quoted, that if the Gzela was Kayemes, if that which was stolen is still intact, so then you have to pay that should be a tiyufta of Rami Barchama. Because what does Gzela Kayemes Chayavon L'Shalem mean? That means that Rishus Yoresh is not Kirshus Lokeach. Why? Because here we have a Yerusha and the child still has to pay, which means the child doesn't own the item. Which means that Rishus, that, what's the language? The, uh, the, the Rishus Yoresh is clearly not like a purchase. Because if it was, he'd be putter, but we're saying he's chayav to be l'shalim. Neim atav to do Dermi Barchamo, who says that Rishus Yorish is Kirshus Lokeach. Says the Gemara, last line on the Amud of Kufiyot Aleph, Amud Aleph, Amar lach Rami Barchamo, kitan yahi, lifnei yeyush. It depends. When it's lifnei yeyush, so then there's one din. When it's le'achar yeyush, so then there is another din. That's why there's no stira against Rami Barchama. We'll stop right here. Emir Tzashem, tomorrow night we'll pick up with Kufiyad Beis and Kufiyad Beis on Kufiyad Gimel Amad Aleph, or at least a chunk of it. We'll, maybe we'll try to get to the Mishnah on Kufiyad Gimel Amad Aleph. Wishing you all a beautiful night.